Ram Gargi, host of Text to Task, Simplifying Education. I believe that we can be inspired every day. Thank you for joining me today. For updates, follow me on Instagram at millennial underscore teaching learning. In this episode, we explore a Japanese classroom. Japan is known for its highly structured and rigorous approach to education, which has contributed to its economic success and reputation for academic excellency. Japanese students consistently perform well in international assessments, such as the Program for International Student Assessment. The curriculum is heavily focused on the basics, such as reading, writing, and mathematics. Another important aspect of the Japanese education system is the value placed on extracurricular activities. Students are encouraged to participate in sports, music, and other clubs and activities to develop their social skills and interests outside of academics. However, the Japanese education system is not without its challenges. The intense focus on academics can place a lot of pressure on students, and the system is often criticized for not promoting creativity and independent thinking. In this podcast, we'll explore the strengths and weaknesses of the Japanese education system. Thank you for joining us on this journey through the fascinating world of Japanese education. It is my pleasure to welcome Chiho Shida to the show today. Currently, she teaches English in public high school in Japan. She studied English language and linguistics at Sheffield University in the UK and holds a master degree in cultural policy. In 2018, she attended the American English Teacher Seminar in Oregon. Thank you, Chiho, for joining me today. Thank you, Gargi, for having me. It's an honor. So let's get started. So my first question to you is, what influenced your decision to pursue a career in teaching and education? Well, I wasn't really interested in becoming a teacher until I spent one year in the UK. Well, maybe I was a little interested in teaching when I was a high school student because I really enjoyed my high school days. I was in the dance club and enjoyed the time with my friends so much. Also, I had a lot of wonderful teachers, so I kind of thought that if I become a teacher at a high school, I can spend my time happily ever after. But that was just an impression, and I wasn't sure what I wanted to do with my life in the future. The reason why I majored in English, American language, and literature in college is that I was simply interested in learning English, and also because I definitely wanted to study abroad. I was determined to study abroad while I was at college because one of my closest friends at high school went to the States, attended a school there one year. And when the friend came back, she was so confident, mature, and she looked so cool to me. So I wanted to grow up as a person like my cool friend. At university, I studied hard, not only the coursework, but for TOEFL test. And luckily, I was given an opportunity to study at the University of Sheffield in the UK for one year as an exchange student. My family wasn't wealthy, so I was happy to be able to study in the UK with a scholarship. My university in Japan was kind enough to pay for almost everything, and I had to pay only for the dormitory expenses in Sheffield. I still remember the day when I left Tokyo for Sheffield. Actually, I it was my first time to go abroad, and also it was my first time to get on an airplane. <laughs> so it was like an adventure for me. Every day in Sheffield was so exciting, 
And I learned a lot from my classes, my experiences, and also from my friends there. And that was when I knew what I wanted to do with my life. That's teaching English to young people in Japan so that they can get a tool to see the world and broaden their views. In the UK, I learned the importance of expressing my opinions while respecting others. Also, Sheffield University is where many international students gather from around the world. So you feel the world closer. I mean, if you have a friend from a certain country, you have no other choice but to be interested in the country, no matter how little you knew about the country before, right? I really want my students to be interested in the world. Kiho, that is a fascinating story. Like from dance and all, you transformed <laughs> yourself to an English teacher. And as you mm -hmm. said, happily ever after. We teachers are always happily ever after. Right. Yeah, we should be. <laughs> and, yes. And you have rightly pointed out that learning English opens up the world to us. Yes. And it gives us a huge perspective of the world, a 360 degree perspective of the world. Mm -hmm. So my next question to you is, what is the typical structure of the Japanese school day and school year? Okay, my work starts at 8.25. I'm not a morning person, so I get to school at about a quarter past eight. A lot of my colleagues are already at school. Normally, many Japanese schools start at half past eight. But because of the COVID-19, in order to avoid the rush hour on trains, my school now starts at nine. In the normal schedule, we have six 50-minute classes, five days a week. There are four classes in the morning and two in the afternoon. But because of the COVID, we now have six 45-minute classes. In both cases, the last class of the day ends at about 3.30. And after school, students clean up their classrooms, and then we have time for club activities. This year, I teach four different kinds of classes. One is English communication for the third year students. And I see the students taking this class four times a week. Another one is English communication for the second year students. And I see the students in that class four times a week as well. I also teach the first year students for English logic and expression, which is a new curriculum this year, aiming to improve students' grammar understanding and output activities such as speaking and writing hopefully logically. I teach two lessons for this class. One more class that I teach this year is not English because I work at a school with so good course, it's Japanese. Uh, I work for uh, Tsubasa Sogo High School and Sogo means Department of General Studies or Course of Integrated Studies. Actually, there are about 10 public high schools in Tokyo with this Sogo course and my school is one of them. In Sogo High Schools, we have specific classes to enhance career education and project-based learning for freshmen through senior students. This year, I teach the junior project-based studies, and because I'm in charge of this course, I prepare all the materials for this course throughout the year, print the necessary handouts for all the students every week, and give Zoom guidance when necessary. Since this work is quite time-consuming, the number of classes I teach at, in a week is 12 classes, six classes fewer than other teachers. At my school, most teachers teach up to 18 classes a week. 
personally, I would love to teach 18 English classes a week rather than to teach only 10 English classes and have to do something else like I do this year. So going back to my daily routine, from about 8.30 in the morning to 3.30 in the afternoon, I go to a classroom where I have a class. And when I don't, I plan my lessons in the staff room. By the way, in Japan, it's usually the teachers who move around in school, not the students. I'm not sure how you do in India, but unlike American high, school, high schools in TV dramas, we the Japanese teachers don't have rooms of our own. So before each class, we need to get to a classroom a little early to get ready with the projector, which is equipped to the classroom. So if you have several classes in a row in different classrooms, we have very busy going here and there. If you are a homeroom teacher, you meet your students at least twice a day at the beginning of the day at about nine and at the end of the day at 3.15. So you get even busier. I'm not a homeroom teacher this year, so I meet some students in the class, which I am assistant homeroom teacher, and do the cleaning of the classroom together. After that, I go back to the staff room and continue with the preparation of classes or go to the school gym to take care of the club I'm in charge of. By the way, that's dance club. Or conduct a meeting. Whenever I can finish early, I try to finish work at five, which is the regular finishing time. But usually I end up staying at school until six or seven, sometimes until eight, I, when I, uh, until I finish what I have to do. I'm not sure about private schools in Japan, but for teachers working at public schools in Japan, we don't get paid for working overtime. In spite of not being paid for overtime, so many hardworking teachers work long hours daily. And I think this is one of the biggest issues in education in Japan. The problem is not just for the healthcare of the teachers, but it affects the future of education in Japan because a lot of university students who are interested in teaching have second thoughts about becoming a teacher. Thinking that teaching professions are too hard and not paid enough, so they're not, the, not worth hard work. Okay, thank you. That's a perspective for the Japanese education system. And yes, in India also, we teachers move around, not the students. Oh, okay. I think the it same. is in Asia. I think the teachers move around in Asia, not the students. Mm -hmm. Okay. So my next question to you is, what are some of the challenges you face as a teacher in Japan and how do you work to overcome them? Okay. As I said earlier, I became a teacher hoping to help students to be motivated to learn English and to see the world and broaden their views. However, a lot of my students are not motivated in learning English, and many of them seem as if they see English as just a subject that they need to pass. Of course, they know the importance of English in this globalized world, and many of them even think it's cool to speak English fluently. But at the same time, I guess they are feeling that it's impossible for them to be able to speak English well unless you go to an international school or you have lived in a foreign country where English is spoken or something like that. And I want to change and challenge this negative feeling of, no, I don't want, I don't think I will ever be able to speak English fluently kind of feelings. 
that my students have. I myself had never lived in an English-speaking country before I went to the UK to study for a year, but I somehow survived. After so many years, I still make a lot of mistakes who, when speaking English, but here I am, I can make myself understood in English somehow. I want my students to feel that they can and will be able to speak English more easily after a little more practice. So I try to tell them that their pronunciation is great and there's no need to worry about mistakes all the time. I often say very good and excellent in my classes. I also give it a role to include air activities, uh, speaking activities where students talk about relatively easy topics. I'm glad that more and more of my students are enjoying the speaking activities in my lessons. I'm going to continue focusing more on output activities of speaking and writing. Thank you. Uh, that is such a insightful comment because yes, uh, sometimes students consider English just, just as a subject which they need to pass. Mm -hmm. Okay, so my, I'll go to my next question. How does the education system support students who struggle academically or who have different learning styles? In Japan, high school, that is grade 10 to grade 12, is not compulsory education, but over 95% of young people who graduate from a junior high school proceed their education in a high school. When they enter a high school, you need to take entrance exams and pass them. In Tokyo, there are a lot of high schools, public and private, you can choose. Among them, there are elite high schools where the best and the brightest students gather, as well as those high schools that attract academically challenged students. Teachers can choose textbooks and adjust the level of difficulty of each class according to their students' proficiency levels. As for me, my current school is an average level school, but I have taught at an evening school. It was about 10 years ago. I worked at an evening school in Tokyo. You see teachers at public schools in Japan get transferred regularly, usually once in four to six years. At evening schools, students come to school at about six o'clock in the evening, take full classes and finish school at about nine o'clock so, so that students can work daytime. Entrance exams at evening high schools are very easy or they're designed to be easy to, so that everyone, anyone can receive high school education if they want to. In Japan, it's important to have high school graduation certificate in order to have a decent job. So evening high schools play an important role. Back then, I had a variety of students. I had students with learning disabilities, students who had quit other high school, elderly students who couldn't go to high school in their teens, and international students who just came to Japan and have difficulty understanding Japanese and so on. Many of my students at the evening school, uh, their English proficiency levels at the time were very basic, but a few of them had to start from the very beginning, I mean, from the alphabets, while others were studying hard to pass and university entrance exams. So I had to deal with different levels of teaching in one lesson, and that was demanding, but I really enjoyed it. I like watching my students grow. 
the good thing about evening high schools is that actually you have a very small class. When I was teaching there, the number of students in one classroom was like 10 to 15. At most daytime high schools in Japan, the class size is large. It's common to have 40 students in one classroom. Being able to teach students in small size classes was good. However, at most daytime high schools, it is very difficult to deal with students with special needs, such as students in autistic tendency and students with developmental disorder when you, when you have like 40 students in one classroom. Although there are schools for students with physical disabilities, there are not many schools for those students with autistic tendency, developmental disorder, or mild learning disorder, for example. And even when we notice that certain students have difficulty in learning, it is difficult to provide better environment for everyone. Yes, it is not always possible to see the need uh, to take care of the needs of everyone. You're absolutely right. right. Mm. What is the role of standardized testing in the Japanese education system and how does it affect student motivation and learning? Okay, in Japan, most children take very important exams twice in life, I think. One is at the age of 12 if they want to enter a private junior high school and a consecutive senior high school. Or at the age of 15 if they want to enter a public, pri public or private senior high school. In most cases, you don't have English exams to enter a junior high school, but English education starts at grade five, which is the fifth grade in elementary schools now. So in order to enter a high school, you need you also need to take English exams. Actually, from this year, 2023, English speaking testing was introduced in Tokyo and junior high school students take not only a written English test, including listening, including listening test, but also a speaking test. I don't know about the spe speaking test in detail, but it seems that junior high school students take the speaking test before entrance exams and when they apply for a high school, their performance report of the speaking test is attached to the application form. And the validation of the speaking test is included in the selection. Although there are some concerns about how you operate this testing in general, I think it is good to have speaking tests because firstly, many students will think that speaking is also important in learning English. And secondly, this is more important, I think, that many junior high school teachers realize the importance of speaking practices in their classes and spend more time on speaking activities. However, when most children take their important exams for the second time, which is when they take university entrance exams, English is almost compulsory, but English speaking test is not included in the standardized testing. Although you can take English qualification exams such as TOEIC or ACAN, by the way, ACAN is an English qualification exams which is widely used in Japan. These tests are not a must. So basically only those students who want to show their proficiency in English take them. When the entrance examination system was reviewed in Japan a couple of years ago, the government tried to include speaking qualification exams, such as TOEIC, 
TOEFL, IELTS, ACAN, and so on into the standardized exams, but in the end decided not to because there were strong objections, mainly because of the financial reasons. Those who opposed to English speaking tests in standardized university entrance exams thought that it is difficult to conduct speaking tests for more than 600,000 students in Japan every year fairly at high schools or universities. And that if students have to take at least one qualification examination, such as TOEIC or ACAN, it is not fair for those students who can't afford those exams, and also not fair for those living far away from big cities where those qualification exams are held. Those objections make sense, and I fully understand that. However, I cannot help but think it's a shame that we lost the opportunity to include speaking testing in the standardized university entrance exams, because there are a lot of students in Japan whose motivations are just to enter a university. Of course, it's our job as English teachers to let our students understand the importance of speaking activities and improving speaking skills. But I guess if speaking testing were compulsory, it will be much easier for us teachers to make that happen. In Japan, most of the things can be done without English ability, except for schools and universities. Even though some people actually use English at work in Japan, not many students feel that they need English to get a job. Moreover, because of COVID-19, we haven't been able to travel around abroad easily, and the number of students who want to study abroad is decreasing. And as you know, Japanese people are famous for a lack of English competence around the world, right? And I think it's true. Many of us are not good at learning English, but I think it is mostly because of low motivation. If we succeed in motivating our students, I am sure that our Japanese students will learn English better. So I'm going to keep working hard to motivate students. Thank you. Thank you, Chiho. And that's all for today's episode. Thank you for tuning in and joining us as we explore the many facets of education in Japan. I'm your host, Gargi, and I hope that our discussion has been both informative and thought-provoking. Learning does not stop when we leave the classroom. It is something we can cultivate throughout our lives. Thank you again for listening to Text to Task Simplifying Education. And I look forward to bringing you more engaging discussions on education in the future.